Your favorite PGA and LPGA legends, pros and top instructors are right here every week on Next on the Tee. Join Chris as the greats of the game share their stories, insights and playing lessons. Now, back to Chris and more of the show. All right, now back with me here on the French Lick Resort guest line is Symmetra Tour Pro Natalie Sherry. Let me remind you about Natalie's background. She's from West Hartford, Connecticut. She played her college golf at Wake Forest, where she was named 2007 ACC Freshman of the Year for Women's Golf. In 2008, she was named ACC Rookie of the Year and a top 50 female golfer to watch by Golf Week. In 2009, she won the ACC Women's Golf Championship and was named Player of the Year. She won the 2010 Connecticut Women's Open and was a medalist at the LPGA Futures Tour Q School. 2011, Golf Week named her a third-team All-American and she was the recipient of the Ed Wilson Award for Academic Excellence. She finished eighth that eighth that season in the NCAA Championship. She entered a college career with a 74.43 scoring average, which is fourth best time at Wake Forest. Joined the Symmetra Tour in 2012. She won the 2016 WB Mason Championship at Thorny Lee Golf Club up in Brockton, Massachusetts. She So far, to this point in her career, she's got 14 top 10 finishes. And uh, I'm very excited that she is back with me again tonight here on Next on the T. Hey, Nat, thanks for coming back on the show. How have you been? Hey, Chris, how are you? Thank you so much for having me again. I'm great. How Absolutely. You? I'm good. I know when we were communicating earlier this week, you told me you're out in Las Vegas right now. What's going on? What's got you out there? I am out here. Um, I am with actually Nike Golf. Obviously, I grew up living in and I'm going to Forest. We're in Nike school. And it's just really nice to be recognized and supported by them. So I now we're all in Nike attire, whether it's in the gym or on the golf course. And they're having an event out here out in Vegas playing some really nice golf courses. They asked me if I could just kind of show up and hang with everybody and play as well. And it worked out absolutely perfect. We have an off week this week. Usually I go home up to Connecticut during my off week to see my family. And it's still kind of cold up there. Some of the courses aren't even opened. So it was absolutely perfect to come out here just to get some good reps in. I got to believe everybody at Nike's all abuzz about Tiger's win at the Masters. What's a, what's the talk like out there? Oh yes, it's buzzing for sure. You know, all of us arrived on Sunday. Obviously, when Tiger won, um, you know, that obviously, I mean, it's a long time coming. You know, like people, as you mentioned earlier, people weren't even sure if he was going to be able to play again. You know, let alone win. And he did a great job last year getting back into the winner's circle and then to win the Masters. And I'm sure you guys have all seen the videos of him, you know, hugging his son first and his daughter and, you know, his mom. You know, what a great feeling that must be for him. He's worked so hard, you know, in order to be back at that point. And, you know, hats off to him. What a great job. And that speaking of the Masters and Augusta National, how excited were you to watch the Augusta National Women's Amateur event and see your fellow Wake Forest Demon Deacon Jennifer Cupcho win that event. That had to be fantastic. Yes, it was awesome. We were actually, I had an event um, in Northern California and we had a rain coming through. So I was set to tee off at 440 in the afternoon on Saturday. So that morning I was sitting on the West Coast. Things were on, you know, slightly earlier and I was able to watch her finish up and I think she shot like five under the last round to win it. So she played spectacular golf, you know, obviously on a great golf course and history being made two, actually eight days, you know, like in between each other, having, 
and you see them in the tournament there and having a Wake Forest, you know, fellow Demon Deacon win and then having Tiger make history just eight days later is super cool and such a great golf course. What do you think that event does now for women's golf? Is that going to give women's golf a boost, do you think? Oh, for sure. I mean, obviously, being being able to play that golf course, as tough enough as it is, and being a female just in the past is not an option. So for them to host a tournament there um, and, you know, have such a great – I mean, it was on TV, which was fantastic. They had a great following. I don't know if, if you guys saw, but the galleries were actually quite large for that. I think it's just, you know, going to grow the game so much and, you know, to be able to play junior golf and then be able to get invited to play something like that is just unreal, something that I never thought that I'd see anytime soon. And it's just so great that they were able to do that and right before the Masters. What a perfect time. Have you had an opportunity to communicate with Jennifer at all since she won? I have not talked to her. I did see her obviously finish up. It was awesome when she walked off 18 towards the scoring tank. The whole Wake Forest team was there, all, you know, like all the girls, the new coach, my old coach, um, Daly was there. So I did reach out to Coach Daly right away, and I was like, wow, for you to be there, for you to see Jen play so well and just be at Augusta, that must have been a fantastic feeling. And she was just, you know, like, Jen played great. It was so awesome, you know, happens to what a great Great, great experience, especially before she turns pro very soon. Yeah, and it's interesting because I was out on the grounds on uh, on the Monday for the practice round, and I happened to get an opportunity, thanks to my good friend Rob Strano, to meet Jerry Haas, the men's, the Wake Forest men's golf coach, out there as well. I mean, um, he he seemed to be very excited, you know, for her and and for the win, and you know what it means for the program in general. So, uh, yeah, he was pretty excited. Do you ever, you ever have an opportunity to talk to Coach Oz? Oh, of course. You know, he's a great supporter, obviously, of Wake Forest, having Jerry go there. Um, he has been at Wake Forest for quite a long time. He was obviously there the four years that I was there, from 2007 to 2011. And he always spent time walking past the girls, talking to us, being able to just give some insight. Some insight. He's a fantastic player and a phenomenal coach. So the way that he just helps explain stuff and just get like a different point of view was really, really cool. And the fact that he, you know, took the time to help us out, even if it's just in passing, just to, you know, make small talk and then end up throwing, you know, some really cool like advice in there as well. This is a really cool thing. I mean, that's him as a person, just a great person, great for the program, and he's just a huge fan of Wake Forest Sports, so he is awesome for our program. And and as great as it was for Tiger to get the win and for, obviously, everybody there at Nike, I have to imagine you're rooting a little bit for Webb Simpson, another Wake Forest alumni. What what would that have been like, right, to have Jennifer win and then, you know, you to come back and and uh, see Webb win, and boy, it would have been a heck of a, a Wake Forest uh, triumph for the weekend. But uh, were you rooting a little bit for Webb? Oh, of course. And I think he played he played all right the final day. Obviously, he had a great, I think it was second or third round that put him right up there. Um, right. He, he's obviously played really well since turning pro. Um, I did have the opportunity to be at Wake Forest while he was there. I was a freshman when he was a senior. So, yes, to be able to turn on the TV and see someone who you know personally doing so well at such a prestigious event is something really cool. So if he had pulled it off, that would have been fantastic. 
obviously Tiger winning was also great and great for, you know for the game. So you can't have everything, but I am happy with how it turned out. <laughs> right. So now moving on to this season out on the Symmetra Tour, I was looking at your stats so far this season, and through four events and you, you that you played in, you're leading the tour in driving accuracy, hitting 93% of the fairways. You're number one in greens and regulation at 87%. Got to be feeling pretty good about the status of your game so far. I am very happy with it. Uh, this off season, obviously, I was down in Orlando again. I worked with my coach, Andy O'Brien, and we got some things tightened up that we wanted to address before the season starts. Because obviously, the off season, we have a fairly large chunk of time to be able to work on things. And that stuff is still working out well. Obviously, I'm working extremely hard on putting. And I've had a lot of great support with that. Um, it's actually, you know, the game of golf is so great that we are able to play against other people, but they also want to help. It's just the nature of, you know, like of the game. So I actually even have like a few players. I have one player who's a good friend of mine who now she coaches um, for college, coaches for UAB. Um, but she'll see my, you know, like my, like videos I post on social media and, you know, make a comment or she'll ask me to send me or send her some, you know, short putting videos, all that good stuff, just to see how everything's, you know, moving along. And it's just so cool. So to have support from several people who know that that's a part of my game that I'm working extremely hard on feels really, really good. And I think that this will be a great year for that. And speaking of your putting, I happen to look at some of the videos that you do post out there on social media, and it looks like you've got a putting aid that you're working with. Are, are you finding that it it's working well? Talk about the things that you're doing and the drills you're doing to try to get your putting where you want it to be. Sure. So actually, speaking of that uh, player as well, um, I've been working a lot on setup. I think so many times we try to find fault in our full full swing, short game even down to putting and we're trying to always search for things, how we can get better and all that. And sometimes the the thing that's off is always like the smallest little thing. And setup is so important. I kind of got away. I got a little bit sloppy with my setup and I just bought a mirror, something super simple off of Amazon. And to be able to find where I'm super comfortable, know where my eyes are um, and just know that I'm practicing the same stance every time, same ball position, same distance from the ball um, really, really helped a lot this year. You know, we've had four tournaments so far. I've obviously made the cut in all four. I've had a chance to do quite well in two out of the four. So I think that things are really starting to come together. I know that it's a process, but sometimes just those simple tools are just working on the basics, as I call it, makes all the difference in the world. So, Nat, with all that in mind, looking ahead to the rest of the 2019 season, do you have specific goals outlined for yourself? What are you trying to achieve Achieve so when you look back at this season, you're going to say, you know what, I, I did the things that I wanted to do? Right. I mean, obviously, my goal long-term at the end of the season is to be the top 10, which moves on to the LPGA Tour. Obviously, so, you know, I'd love to be back playing out there with the best of the best. But it's always the small goals that you have to work on first, the day by days, knowing that what you're working on each day is moving you closer, uh, you know, every single day to, you know, 1% better every single day type of deal. But, um, I guess the biggest things are obviously putting. 
but to be able to just, you got to keep working on long game. You got to hit the fairways, got to hit the greens, but it's not just hitting the greens. It's about how many birdie opportunities are, you know, you giving yourself, are you missing in the proper areas to give yourself the best opportunities for up and downs. There's small goals that we set each week, depending on each course and how it plays, the weather conditions, you know, the pin locations. So each day I will have a certain goal. Um, you know, whether it be three under a side or, you know, birdie one out of every three holes just to kind of sweat it up because 18 is a lot of holes and it's easy to get sidetracked out there since you're out there for quite a long time. All those day-by-day goals, I feel like if you pick something specific to work on, all those, and, and you try to reach it every single day, you'll just, you know, keep getting better and better and better and better, and then you'll reach the ultimate goal. So now what's what's your go-to shot? What's the one shot when you're standing over it with a certain club in your hands that you feel 100% confident in? I work on everything so much that I don't, I will not stand up over, you know, like a single shot, not feeling 100% confident and committed. Um, if I feel like I'm nervous off the tee, I will, I have a go-to shot, I guess. I will tee down a driver and just hit a punch shot. It ends up going just as far as a full swing, but because it goes, a, you know, like a tiny bit lower, it has no room to get offline. And I'll even hit knockdown shots going into a pin. Even if there's not a lot of wind, if I feel, you know, a tiny bit nervous or maybe I've hit a few left and I just want to make sure that I give myself birdie opportunity on the next. Sometimes it's not all about making the prettiest swings or making, you know, like the prettiest ball flight. It's about getting it in the hole in as few strokes as possible. So you just sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. Yeah, right. And now, you know, from a strategy perspective, and you were sort of alluded to this a moment ago. But when you're out on the golf course, you know, do you, based on where the pins are at, when you have a plan going in, this is a par hole, I need to, you know, put it in the middle of the green or whatever, get my par and and get on. This is a hole I can attack and I can, you know, be more aggressive and go at this pin. Do you set that strategy up beforehand, before your round isn't underway, or does that change depending on how you've performed at whatever point it is in the round? I don't think it changes based on the previous holes. I'm not the type of player. They do post our pin sheets online on social media the night before. I am not one of those players who looks at it to try to figure out the game plan. I kind of want to know more on the spot because if there is maybe a hole that doesn't really fit my eye and then they put a really tight pin, I don't want to be waiting all around for that hole that I've had in my mind, you know, just putting un, you know, unnecessary pressure on myself. But um, um, obviously, every hole can be a birdie opportunity. You never know when you're going to chip in, make a long putt, do whatever. But based on maybe where the pin is, I may try to hit left center of the fairway, right center of the fairway for the best angle to give myself the best chance for a birdie opportunity. But um, I don't know. I'm not worried about par hole. You know, I'm not worried, like, oh, my gosh, this is such a hard hole, you know, par hole. I know that I've worked on my long game enough. I know that I work on my short game enough that I'm going to try to go as close as I can to the flag stick. And if it doesn't work out, that's why we practice short game. I'm going to give my, I, I will have the best opportunity to get up and down and make a par that way and then just move on to the next. Playing scared is not a way to play. You know, we work hard enough that you shouldn't be afraid of certain shots. You shouldn't be afraid of certain holes. You know, that's when bogeys start happening. 
So now when you arrive at the golf course that morning for whatever the round number it happens to be, what what's your daily routine like? How do you set up your day so you're ready when uh, when it's your tee time? Sure. So in the morning, um, I will get to the course just a few minutes early, just in case it's chilly that morning or, you know, obviously I haven't been to the gym or anything like that. So I need to warm up my body. I will go to the course. I try to get there early enough. I, I like to do putting first. I like to putt first, and then I'll hit balls, and then from hitting balls, I'll go right to the tee. I think a lot of people will hit balls, and then they'll do some putts, and then they'll go to the tee. But if you putt for 15, 20 minutes, to to me, that's 15, 20 minutes that, you know, your muscles are starting to get cold again. I want to keep them as loose as possible. So, to be honest, my morning and afternoon rounds are very, very similar. Some girls may go to the gym before their 2 p.m. tee time. Um, I have a hard time going to the gym and taking it easy, so I just would rather just do stuff in my room, whether it's staying in the hotel or staying in a host family, just kind of like roll out using a foam roller. Maybe I'll go to the course a tiny bit early, see the PT, have them stretch me out or something like that. But um, same routine, same, you know, short game, long game, then tee box. I get there about, I step onto the practice facility about an hour before my tee time. And if I'm feeling a little bit tight, then I'll show up a little bit earlier and see the PT and all that. But I won't start practicing until 55 minutes to 60 minutes before I'm, you know, before it's go time. Not just a couple more before I let you go. And, and you mentioned host family a minute ago. And we talked a little bit about this last time, about what life is like out on the Symmetra Tour. You logged about 29,000 miles on your car, I believe it was last year. And Sometimes you're staying in a hotel, sometimes you're staying with a host family. But remind our listeners and for those that uh, weren't around last time, what life is like out on the Symmetra Tour. Sure. So we drive a lot of places. Obviously, we had two West Coast events the last two weeks, so I did not drive from Florida out there. But um, I try to drive, you know, anywhere that I can. Flight delays, flight, you know, cancellations, um not being able to bring everything because, you know, you're super limited with the two to three bags, certain amount of weight on them. Traveling from March until October, it's so imperative to have everything that you need to feel super comfortable for all those months. So driving is what makes most sense to me. I try to stay in host families whenever I can. Uh, not only does it help with the cost of staying in a hotel every single week for we have 24 events this season. Obviously, that adds up quite a bit. But staying in host families, being able to have their support. Um, obviously, I've been playing this much tour for a few years, back and forth between LPGA. So I do know a lot of families that I will repeat and go back the next year or you know the year after. So it's great. It's so great to see everybody and just be able to play golf, come home, have you know people there who love the game as well, want nothing but the best for you, support. They'll sometimes, you know, watch you play or maybe I've actually had my host dad caddying for me or my host mom caddying for me at events. So to have that support is just awesome. Um, and it really makes life out on the road just a little bit easier. Obviously, I see the girls every single day practicing. But it's nice to come home and just chat with some other people every once in a while. So now what's your schedule look like over the next couple of weeks? I know you get with the uh, the Murphy USA El Dorado shootout is coming up in Arkansas. We've got the event here in Atlanta, the IOA Invitational out in Milton. Are you going to be playing in both of those events? Are you playing a full schedule? 
I am playing a full schedule, but for the first time ever, I am going to be missing a Symmetra event um, for some other tournament that is not LPGA. During, I think, uh, last time I was on the show, I mentioned how I was caddying during the offseason to help make money to play right. this for this season. And while at Bay Hill, one of the groups that requested me was the Prince of Morocco. So I got to spend wow. 18 holes with him and his entourage and crew. And I thought that was really nice that they asked me to be, you know, like a part of that group. And at the end, they asked me if I wanted to play the ladies uh, European tour event, the LAT event in Morocco. And I was like, sure, why not? Not really thinking that anything would really come of it. And then a few days later, I got an email just to confirm. And so instead of playing the Arkansas event in uh, El Dorado, I am actually flying out this Saturday to Morocco, um, courtesy of the Royal Family, to play my first LET event, which I think will be really cool. I've heard nothing but great things about that event. Golf is so huge over there. But the other cool thing is it's at a golf course with 36 holes. So the ladies are on 18, and actually the men's uh, European tour event will be on the other 18. So we'll share the same, you know, clubhouse, hospitality, all that kind of stuff. So. I think it will be a super cool experience and, you know, yet another great opportunity that this game, you know, has given me. So although I will not be playing a special event next week, I will be playing and it will be in Morocco. That's awesome. Good for you. That I look forward to hearing the stories about that next time. Now, let our listeners know, how can they stay up to date with all the great things you're doing and follow you online or on social media? Sure. So social media is the big thing. I am on Instagram almost daily, trying to show behind the scenes, day in life, all that good stuff. I have Facebook, you know, Twitter as well. Um, those are all just at Matt Sherry, at sign N-A-T-S-H-E-A-R-Y. And then obviously every week you can go on to LPGA.com and there'll be a link for Symmetra Tour, or you can go to SymmetraTour.com. And you can follow hole by hole. They have live scoring. You can see the stats and all that good stuff. See the scorecard at the end of the round with fairways, greens, putts, and all that good stuff so that you can feel like you're also part of the mix. Nat, thank you so much for taking time out of your night to come back and be a part of the show. It's been great catching up with you. I wish you a ton of success. Look forward to hearing about the Morocco trip and then the rest of the season out on the Symmetra Tour. But I can't thank you enough for your time. Look forward, hopefully getting you back on the show again real soon. Sounds good, and hopefully I will see you in ATL for this Metro event. That's right. Looking forward to it. Take care, Nat. All the best to you and your family. We'll catch up soon. I appreciate it, Chris. Thank you again. All right. You bet, Nat. That's Natalie Sheary, and be sure to follow her on uh, on Instagram and on uh, and on Twitter. Great stuff out of her. And again, look, look, folks. I mean, she's number one in driving accuracy, number one in greens and regulation so far. Certainly setting herself up for a great season out there on the Symmetra Tour. Looking forward to catching up with her again real soon. It's always a lot of fun when she's a part of the show, and uh, she is certainly an up-and-comer. I'm sure we're going to be seeing her out on the LPGA Tour very, very soon. 